0: Hello and welcome to the latest team review for the Qatar World Cup here on Celtic Down Under. My name is Laura and I'm joined by Liam. How are you doing, Liam?
1: Good. I've got my hot dogs and my Budweiser and I'm ready to talk America, y'all.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. We are here to talk the good old US of A today. Not the also-runs in the World Cup that you might expect when you look a little bit more into the numbers, but before we get to that... Talk us through that glorious uh, Stars and Stripes shirt that you've got on there.
1: Yep, this is the uh, USA 94 Away jersey. Um, mm-hmm. In what was, I think, an act of absolute genius, they made the home shirt, the red and white stripes, and the Away shirt, the stars. So mm-hmm. you literally had the stars and the stripes. Um, I collect a lot of retro shirts, as you can see, with my uh, South Africa shirt behind me there, and my the current Japan and Germany shirts. Um, but this USA one is one of my favourites because it's, the thing about the USA, if you look at their shirts down the years, they, you just look at them and you go, that's America. You you would never mistake it for any other country. You're like, "Ah, that's, that's the US, you know? And I I like that kind of in-your-face quality with some of their jerseys.
0: I actually think that that iconic Stars and Stripes design is something they've not taken full advantage of with their kits. I think, like you say, the reason that it was so good at 94 was because they did take full advantage of it and it was full Star Spangled Banner and all of that stuff that the Americans love. Whereas I think, I don't think it's very American to go as as understated as they sometimes do with their kits. I would would like them to go, we're America and we're here and, and do it that way, you know? They had
1: a really nice one, I think it was two or three years ago, which I've got somewhere else I'll I'll wear on a future show, um, which was like white, then it had like red and blue stripes kind of coming across it. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like a modern sort of take on the whole stars and stripes thing. Again, just unmistakably American. Um, Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, their their, their strip this year is a bit a bit boring, to be honest. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on that and I'll just, I'll wear, I'll wear this when they play England.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll all be USA supporters for a day at least. Um, hopefully we'll see that shirt. We are planning to hopefully do, while it might not be watch-alongs or full-on match coverage for every match of the World Cup, I think we're certainly planning to do review shows where we talk about at least the last few days games or something like that um, throughout mm-hmm. the World Cup so hopefully when we're doing reviews of those games we'll be able to see the, your your plethora of international shirts at that time but until then we have to we have to content ourselves with what we've got which is a look at the current USA team now talking of the current USA team I was looking back at the record and I'm just going to pull it up here um uh, Again, I, I said I've said to you a few times that sometimes you can think you know a lot about football until you're actually forced to um, do a bit of research, and then you find out that actually you don't know an awful lot at all. Um, you know, I, I had in my head that, that USA qualified in '94 because they hosted; they'll qualify in 2026 because they're hosting with Canada and Mexico. But apart from that, they haven't done very well. But when you look mm. at that, there obviously. Uh, You know, some of them are are less in context than others, but Mm. semi-finals at the first time of asking in 1930, round of 16 in in 1934, 1950 they got to the group stage, then they had this big long space of time up until the 90s where they didn't qualify at all, group stage again, but actually from 94 onwards when you really would say that football was starting to take off in in earnest in, in the USA, You've got round the sixteen quarterfinals, round the sixteen, a lot of decent uh, results there in the nineties and and throughout the two thousands. Obviously, they've not qualified for the, for the last two World Cups either in twenty eighteen, um, or sorry, the last World Cup in twenty eighteen. They have qualified in twenty twenty two, and it remains to be seen what happens there. But I don't know. What's your impression, Liam, of 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 USA? Are they sometimes underestimated, do you think, in terms of the threat that they can pose in these tournaments?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a common conceit, particularly with Europeans such as us, who um, football is our number one sport in our country. So there is this tendency to think that in other countries, just because football is not the number one sport, they might not necessarily be that good at it. Mm. Um now, America is better known, obviously, for the women's game. I mean, the women's team are the 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 women's football equivalent of the Harlem Globetrotters. Nobody can get near them at the moment, you know, mm-hmm. and that's unlikely to change anytime soon. And the funny thing is, in most countries, you know, like Japan being an example, yeah, uh, the men's team qualified for the World Cup in '98 for the first time, mm-hmm. which inspired the women's team to get more serious about it. And they ended up winning the World Cup in 2011, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you look at the, the emergence of the U.S. women's team from the 90s onwards has actually spurred the men's team on to try and do better. So it's an interesting paradigm to look at that. Most, most countries, it's men's football, then women's football follows on. But in America, it's the opposite. Mm. And even to this day, I believe that statistically far more women, play, a higher, far higher percentage of women play football than than men do in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, it has actually struggled in terms of marketing to shake off the notion that it is a women's sport, which is kind of interesting when you think about how much, um, you know, historically, how much kind of chauvinism is attached to football in Europe. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting country in many ways, America. And I think that the men's game there is catching on now and it's growing. I've watched quite a bit of the MLS over the last couple of years and they are...
0: The, st- the standard of the football in the MLS is-, is growing rapidly. It really is yeah. quite a fun league to watch.
1: Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the J League in the late 90s. Mm. You know, there were teething problems once they initially got it set up. And for the first couple of years, it was basically just a freak show of uh, foreigners who were past it. <laughs> yeah. And, and the you know, the MLS was like that up until a few years ago. But now, most of the stars in that league are either American or Mexican. Mm-hmm. So that is excellent for those two countries, I think, moving forward.
0: Yeah. And, and for me, anyway. <sighs> Uh, like I said before, so many of the countries are unknown quantities to us going into this World Cup that we've had to do a bit of research on. I struggle to remember a time where um, there was as many American players at top European clubs as there is right now. Um, When you think about it, you know, we're of similar ages and I think we could all name on one hand the the American players that we remember, Landon Donovan, Brian McBride, um, goalkeepers like Tim Howard and Casey Keller, uh, Clint Dempsey more recently. But apart from that, y- y- they, they, they all spanned a number of different eras. Whereas yeah. now you've got um, Carter Vickers at Celtic, who we know very well. You've got um, Christian Pulisic and, um, and Giovanni Reina. You've got at, um, at at Juventus. You know, these these players are coming over and playing not just at a good level in European football, but at the very top level. Um, do you think that means that they'll pose more of a threat at this World Cup than they maybe have done previously?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'll I'll say straight from the off that I fancy them to get out of this group. Mm. Um, I don't know. If I don't, I don't think they'll win the group, but I do think they they will they will qualify. I, I think mm-hmm. they've got what it takes to to beat one of either England or Wales to that second spot. Mhm. Um. Yeah. So,
0: let, let's take it down. A, let's take it down a slightly Celtic route. We are on Celtic down under after all. Mm. Um, so let's indulge ourselves before we talk about some of the more glamorous names on the on the potential team sheet. There's no guarantee at this stage, as we record this, the final 23-man squad for, for the country's going to the World Cup has not been announced. There's no guarantee that Cameron Cameron Carter-Vickers will be in that 23-man squad for the USA. Um, first question I suppose to ask you on that is, based on what we've seen of him, do you think he deserves a place in that World Cup squad for the USA?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yes, no question. Um, I actually think the spell that he's been out injured recently has worked in his favour because it has shown just how important he is to Celtic because we, we struggled defensively when he wasn't there. And there's debate now as to what is Celtic's best centre-back pairing, but we know it's Carter-Vickers plus one. That, mm-hmm. That's That's beyond debate at this point. And for someone still as relatively young as he is to come in, to have such a commanding first season, to become such a leader to the point where he is now the, the club captain while our our main captain is injured, it's, it's an incredible meteoric rise. It really is. From, from Spurs reserves to, to Champions League competitor in less than a year. That, that's, that's an incredible move.
0: Yeah, it it really is fantastic, and I, and I I for one, I'm one of these people who I was a bit disappointed not just on a personal level for Kyogo and 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 Rio that they didn't make the Japan squad, but just from a personal pride point of view, I love to see Celtic players represent their countries at the World Cup because it gives me. A bit of extra investment. So if we can at least get that for Carter Vickers, then I would love to see that for him. And we'll obviously go on and talk about the Japan situation when we get to to them in our reviews. Um, looking at the rest of the the USA team, I think a lot of people who haven't been paying close attention to the USA team might suggest that uh, Christian Pulisic is without a doubt the golden boy of the of the USA team, the the man on which, um all of America's hopes will rest for any kind of impact of the World Cup. But is it fair to say that there's maybe perhaps another another player in the team that might, might be more of a key aspect to how they play?
1: I think there's actually a few players in that team mm. that could step up and really do something. Again, it's the kind of Anglo-centric view that our media takes of things, mm. that because Pulisic is playing for Chelsea, we assume that he's the best player um and
0: the thing is he's not even uh, to say he's playing for chelsea he's he's struggling to hold down a berth in that team at the moment and has been for some time
1: yeah now no. Let, let's be under no illusions i think pulisic is like as a class act and yeah. i think it's a mistake for chelsea not to try and accommodate him because he is a very very good player yes but um you know i think that the usa back in the day you know, back in like '94, everybody knew Alexi Lalas. That was yes. your main man, right? Later on, as you said, you had you had Claudio Reyna, then you had Tim Howard, Langdon Donovan. It was always one or two stars surrounded by a team of journeymen, right? Mm-hmm. That is no longer the case. We, you know, there's about five or six Champions League level stars in that team. And the rest of the squad are all playing at a pretty decent level as well. Mm. Um, the, the US go into this World Cup, I think, with the best squad they've had since 2002 when they got to the last eight.
0: Mm. Well, that's the thing as well to remember is, you know, there's a lot of people would have a lot of sneering to do at the USA. They have made the last eight relatively recently in World Cup history. So it's not beyond the realms of doubt to say given the, the the fact that arguably they've had a, a reasonably favourable draw, uh, having Iran and, U, uh, uh, and Wales in their group, who we'll go on to talk about uh, in further reviews. Mm-hmm. Once you get beyond that group stage and it's around a 16 straight knockout, anybody can beat anybody on their day and who knows how far they could go. One other player that I wanted to highlight specifically, you talked about his dad, uh, Claudio Reyna. I believe his mum mm-hmm. was also a professional soccer player. Um, Giovanni Reina at um, at Borussia Dortmund um, followed in the footsteps of Christian Pulisic by going there, um, arguably had as good, if not greater impact playing alongside Jude Bellingham in what has become a very talented young Dortmund side Um, has been plagued with injury unfortunately, but does look like he'll be fit for this World Cup how much of an impact do you think Reina can make on, on the World Cup is he as as I suspect he might be perhaps one of the breakout stars of this tournament.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, for all, for all he played for Rangers, his dad was one of the best American players in recent memory. Mm. But I think that this is not going to be like a Jordi Cruyff scenario. I think that, that Giovanni Reina has, has the potential to surpass his father in terms of achievements. I a very different type of player, but I think uh, a much more exciting player than Claudio Reyna was for all And, and, a and let's
0: and, and let's not be flippant about it. Like you said, regardless of the means by which they put that team together, that Rangers team at that time was a fantastic team. Claudio yeah. Reyna had to be a very good footballer to get into that team, and yet it right. does seem like you say that his son is going to go on and eclipse what he what he achieved.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. If, if, you, if you looked at it from an American fan's point of view, Claudio Reyna is a legend to them. And, you know, the, the idea that his son could even become half the player he is would be an incredible thought. But I, I think we both agree he could end up becoming even better.
0: It's going to be interesting to see. I'm just, uh, for the first time, I've managed to actually get the sequence of games, which is going to be interesting uh, from the USA's point of view, at least. Opening against Wales, then their middle game is against England with a final game against Iran. Hmm. Does that run of games inform how you think the group stage is going to go for the USA? Does it ever inform it for for these situations or is it just a case of taking each game one at a time?
1: I mean... The form guide would suggest that it's going to be a case of who comes second in the group behind england now i Mm -hmm. don't necessarily agree with that but i think that is what the form guide says so if you go with that um then that wales usa game i think essentially becomes a shootout for second place Mm. because i think they'll both beat iran um but Can either of them take something off of England? That's the key. The USA have done it, I think, was it 2010? They got a draw with England in the group stage.
0: Let me just see if I can find that. Yep, we got a draw with England and a draw with Slovenia and one against Algeria, who at the time were no pushovers either. So they ended up coming out of their group with five points back in 2010 and then went on to lose to to Ghana in the round of 16. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so the the recent form is there, and to be honest, I think that the US are a better team now than they were then, and I think England are perhaps a slightly weaker team now than they were then. Mm-hmm. But but England still have you know England are still the heavy favourites for this group. There's no denying that. Yeah. Um, if USA beat them, it would be a major shock. But I don't think it's completely beyond the realms of possibility.
0: I think it's going to make for an interesting group just in terms of the fact that, like you say, potentially both England and the USA could be going into that middle game with three points each. The other two teams fighting out, fighting it out, Iran and Wales, to even get a point on the board. And yeah. then you being in a situation where it's actually probably better for the integrity of the group that the, the games have come this way. Because I think if you had... If, if USA and England had been meeting each other in the last game of the group stages, they might have been happy to play out a draw of some description so that they both go through. So perhaps the, the run of games, the, the way that it's panned out, is actually going to make it a slightly more interesting group than we first,
1: first thought it was going to be. Yeah, and from, from USA and Iran's point of view, the fact they play each other last, if either of them can go against the form guide and take something off of England... And some something off of Wales, then they play each other, and it'd be nice if they went into that game and at least one of them still had a chance of going through, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. It will be interesting to see. Anyways, this is why I love doing this this show with you, Liam is because I've said it already. We've only covered two, group, well, two, one and a half groups so far. <laughs> but even when you think there's no storyline, even when you think it's a slightly less interesting group than than some of the other ones that we've got to come. Mm-hmm. There's always a narrative there. There's always a story to, to to look into. Um, even that, like, say the, the history between England and USA at the, at the World Cup before. Um, I'm just looking mm-hmm. back there. They even um, played each other in 1950 as well. So they've actually come across each other a few times at the World Cup, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes this time. Um, we shall see. Um, if you haven't seen the rest of our videos, this is part of a series that we're doing covering every team at the World Cup, so make sure and go back and watch those on Celtic Down Under's YouTube channel. Um, you can comment below the videos. We aren't doing these live, um, thank goodness, after some of the stuff that we've had to cut out and, and redo, <laughs> um, which we won't go into, but um, yep. but, uh, needless to say, there will be more of these in the run-up to the World Cup and perhaps even... It's spilling over slightly into the start of the World Cup so that we can cover every single team. Um, It'll be Wales and Iran next, and we hope to see you at that point uh, for coverage of those teams. Liam, thank you very much for joining me, and I'll see you again very, very soon.
1: See you soon. Thank you.